Good morning, everybody. Well, today was supposed to be probably the last Roman sermon of the year. Um, because for the next, well, starting next week, the 30th, which is also the first Sunday of Advent, we're going to be doing um, something specific to Advent and Christmas this year. So, so this is going to be the last Roman sermon of the day. And so I started looking at the text, which was Romans 7, uh, verses 1 through 6, the very first part of chapter 7. And as I was looking at it, I couldn't help but notice that a major component of it, or one of the major themes of this particular text, was death. And so my first thought was, gee, that's pretty heavy. Um, I'm going to need to lighten that up just a little bit, right? So in this, this idea of release, as you can see, this was the sweet release of death was the first um, the original title. And so, and that's what Paul's talking about in this verse. It's that um, death is what, the spiritual death is what releases us from the law. Okay? And so then we don't have to, uh, we're not under the law anymore. We're now under, um, under grace. And he uses this idea of a married couple and one of the, you know, the husband dies, which releases the wife from her marital obligation, and then she can remarry, okay? But obviously, if she tries to remarry before she's, if she's still married to someone else, that's adultery and, and not a good thing. So he's using this, this sort of thing about death. So like I said, I... I started to, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, okay, so talking about death and all that's probably not the most fun thing in the world. So I ought to make up, uh, so I started thinking about all the things, the annoying things that death releases us from. Okay. So like you never have to have a colonoscopy ever again. <laughs> that would be a good thing. Um, You'd never have to clean the gutters out at your house, right? You would never have to see or hear Justin Bieber ever again. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, to make death funny in a manner of speaking. But then, you know, it got to my quiet time on Friday and... You know, so I'm praying about the message, and I felt God say, don't do that, and do just the opposite. And I was like, what do you mean? And the message that I, I, I kind of got the sense of was that I'm supposed to talk, at least at the first part of this, about how death has affected me personally. And to actually share uh, probably more of my story than I have shared uh, with you all in the past. I think you, you may know some of it, but you don't know all of it. And, I mean, the, the brutal facts are is that death has been a very unwelcome companion of mine through a good chunk of my journey here on earth. Um, I never knew either my maternal grandmother or grandfather. They both had passed away by the time I was born. 
And that actually, my grandmother um, passed away when my mother was a young child, probably five, six years old. Well, then between the ages of three and five, I lost my paternal grandfather, my mother, and my paternal grandmother. Then when I was 24 years old, my father passed away. When I was 45, I lost my younger brother, Mike, who was my only sibling. A few years later, um, I lost my stepbrother-in-law, who we lovingly called Big John, who died uh, quite unexpectedly. And then about actually five years to the day later than John's death, my stepsister Judy died. And then, of course, in 2013, my stepmother Ellie passed away. And as you can imagine, I'm feeling very grateful and very blessed that this year we've actually added to the family, Amen. not taken any more away. <laughs> and so as I, you know, as I continued to kind of pray through and process this, it's like, okay, well, what's the point in all of this? And a couple of thoughts came to mind. And the first one was really about empathy. And the fact that, you know, I can empathize with people who have lost loved ones because it's obviously happened quite a lot. And I thought maybe it was, you know, just because there might be someone, you know, who, who needed to hear that, who needed to know that. And then it was like all of a sudden, God reminded me what time of the year it is. And we're entering that time of year when family activities kind of take center stage, right? You know, get-togethers for Thanksgiving, for through the holidays, Christmas time. And it's that time when the absence of a loved one is probably more pronounced than at any other time, you know, during the year, except perhaps maybe the anniversary of, of their death but we really think about it. And, and so I think that, that God sort of led me down this path um, for two reasons, primarily. First is that he wants you to know that he knows what you're dealing with. And second, I believe he wants us as a church family to deal with the hurt and the grief that rises up during the holidays. And he wants us to do that together. So what we're going to do this morning is going to be very, very different from what we normally do. So if you are here for the first time, this is not going to be what our normal service sort of looks like. But I'm convinced it's what God wants us to do. And so um, I can, all I do is cling to that. I you know, what I want, what you want, in this instance, does not so much matter. Um, and so what we're going to do today, and, and before I leave this, you know, this the whole idea of the sweet release, you know, when as I started to think about this, it was like, 
Well, you know, for a lot of people, that's kind of a not-so-sweet thing. So that's why when I sort of altered the, the title of the message uh, a little bit. But actually, what we're going to do is called a, it's a service of remembrance. Um, if you've ever been in a church that's done this, um, some, of, some churches will call this a, a blue Christmas service. Now, when I hear that term, unfortunately, the first thing that comes into my mind is Porky Pig singing Blue Christmas, which has always been one of my favorite Christmas songs, right? I mean, I like the Elvis version okay, but I don't know. There's something about Porky Pig stuttering that just makes it really funny to me. I suppose that makes me a really bad person. <laughs> um, So I'd like to have, would you guys turn the lights off? So I want this to be uh, a little more intimate. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you that even if this time is not particularly a difficult one for you personally, understand that there are people here that it, it is going, this is going to be a little bit of a difficult thing to do. But my prayer is that God's going to be in the midst of it and that people are going to find a lot of hope in this. In that, you know, so if it's not so much something that you're dealing with, I would simply ask that you would be there for the people that are dealing with this. And that, you know, you would love and support them. Um, even if it means you, you know, God is speaking to you and you look across the room and you see someone and you know in that second you're supposed to go over there and be with them, please do that. You know, just, just trust that it's God talking to you and pointing somebody out to you and saying, go be with them in this time. All right? So let's start. This extended season can be a painful time for some. It may be the first Thanksgiving or Christmas without a loved family member who has recently died. It may be a time <clears throat> that has always been difficult. The constant refrains on radio and television, in shopping malls and churches, about the happiness of the season, about getting together with family and friends, reminds many people of what they have lost. The anguish of the death of a loved one can make us feel alone in the midst of celebrating and joy. We need the space and time to acknowledge our sadness. We need to know that we are not alone. We need encouragement to live in the days ahead. Let us pray. At the beginning of this holy season, we await the coming of Christ. We long for the light of his presence with us and in us. When our souls are deeply troubled and our hearts break with the weight of sorrow, may our grief be seasoned with love and our sorrow be buoyed with, by hope. In our times of God-forsakenness and estrangement, may we gaze on the innocent one made perfect through suffering, and see in him 
our vulnerable God who saves in weakness and in pain. May our suffering empty us of pride and lead us to true joy, our only security in Christ and in the infinite depths of God's grace. Amen. There are times when life is good and beautiful and celebration is appropriate. But there are also times of distress and loss. During those times, we sing sad songs of lament, protest, and complaint about the chaos and harshness that life can sometimes be for us. We often feel afraid, angry, and ashamed. Putting words to feelings can often be difficult. But today we do this together in the comforting presence of our church family. Now I'm going to have a series of readings and I'm going to light a candle after each one. And then there's going to be a response that'll show up, up on the screen. And so we just ask that when those come, we would all read those together, uh, sort of as a, just a joint response. We light our first candle. A single light that the deepest darkness cannot conquer. Small, insignificant, but a sign of hope. Let us speak to us of the tiny flame of hope buried within us, the stubborn little light that refuses to be extinguished by all that life has thrown at it. We light a second candle. A companion to the first, equally small, equally significant, insignificant, but witnessing to the hope that another light brings. Let us speak to us of the lights of companionship, of our families and our friends, of strangers and kindnesses found in unexpected places that restored our hope in human nature. We light a third candle. Recalling nights of watching and waiting, sleepless, anxious, when dawn seemed to ebb further from the horizon and hoped seemed forlorn. Let it speak to us of the sureness of morning, of the passing of darkness and suffering, and the promise of an eternal sunrise, dawning for those we have loved and lost, dawning too for us, though we may yet be in that darkest hour before the dawn. We light a fourth candle, which marks the closing of the Advent season and the immediacy of Christmas. <clears throat> a time of peace and joy that we may not ourselves feel able to welcome 
as our spirits dwell in dark and wintriness. Let it speak to us of hope, of being together in this place of healing and restoration, of our companionship this day at the beginning of this season, of faith that we and those we have loved and lost are eternally held in the hand of the one who brought light into being, who knows each one of us by name. If I could get some folks uh, to come down and pray, be uh, available for prayer. And if you need prayer for something, um, please come and, uh, and see folks that are down front. They would, uh, they're trained to pray. They would love to pray. They like opportunities to pray at every uh, possible um, chance. So please take advantage of that. And I would also like to take this time now just to uh, wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Everyone has a, just a wonderful and joyous time this Thanksgiving holiday. So let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for this time that we've shared and for all of these people that we've shared it with. And most of all, that you have been right here among us. And so we give you praise and honor and glory, Lord. Bless each and every one of these people. We thank you for, for many uh, a shortened work week. For those who work in retail, Father, we just pray for them. <laughs> for we know it's the beginning of a long and difficult season of work. But Father, we know you are there too. So bless each one who is gathered here today, Father. Let them have a, a wonderful week and, and bring them back to us in the weeks ahead that we may share in this season of Advent together. We love you and we thank you. And we ask all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen.